Welcome to the house of God. Amen. This morning we're going to lift our hearts and our voices up to give him glory for who he is. And today is a beautiful day for a declaration. Amen. As we declare what you and I will do. Let's give him praise. Sing it with me. As I count on one thing. Sing God never fails. He won't fail me. Won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God who's never late is working all things out. Come on, working all 
glorify your name in the lowest valley. Thank you, Lord, for being so good, Jesus. We'll continue to give you glory, Lord, because you are so good, Lord. And your faithful love endures for how long, church? Forever. Thank you, Lord, for your enduring love for us, Jesus. For everything you've done, Jesus. Come on, let's sing about it together, church. Lift your voice. Say, I love you.
about the stories that at least that I know of that are standing here today before me God is so good Lord there's so many powerful testimonies Lord of your goodness and your faithfulness just in this room alone and we're nothing but a speck of dirt Lord to you so Lord even when we're at our best Lord we are filthy rags but Lord, we say thank you that you are who you are, Lord, because you are so good, Lord, that in spite of all of that, Lord, you continue to shower us with your favor, Lord, with your provision, with your favor. We turn to you today, Lord. As we declare that, Lord, all my life you have been faithful. Let us look in that rear view mirror, Jesus. Uh, to know how good you have been, Lord, when sometimes we have lost sight, Lord, and our focus has been turned away, Lord, from you. To remember, Lord, that you're the one that has brought us this far. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, that as we come into this place, Lord, ready to be transformed, Lord, ready to touch and reach out just to, 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 to fill a piece of that, that the hem, Lord, of your garment today, Lord. That we let all these distractions, Lord, completely just be set aside, Lord, to focus our time today, Lord, only on you. Not the person who cut us off. Not that lukewarm cup of coffee that we have picked up on the way in, Lord. But, Lord, it's all about you, Lord. Because those are the things that distract us, Lord, from what we're here to do, Lord, is connect with you, Lord, and, and the body of Christ, Lord. Let us do that today, Lord, because we sing this, Lord, from the depth of our heart, Lord. I've known you as a father, Lord, one who comforts me and corrects me, Lord. I've known you as a friend who's there for me, Jesus. Lord, I love your voice. Let us hear your voice today, Lord. Lead us through the fire, Lord, today. 
lead us through those times of our life, Lord. We definitely, definitely need to be led through, Lord. Heavenly Father, we say, Lord, I love your voice. Let us be sensitive to your voice, Lord. Let us be sensitive, Lord, to the instruction, Lord, of our loving Father today, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness, Lord. Let us stand and just be in awe of his presence because he is here. Amen, church? Thank you, Jesus. You are here, Lord. So let us join you right here, Lord, in this place, Lord. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Love you, church. I want to celebrate the goodness of God. Amen. Church, why don't you turn to your neighbor and welcome them into this place today. Amen. To the right and to the left of you. Amen. Good morning, my brothers and my sisters. Amen. God is good. God is good. And all the time. You know what? That never gets old. We've been saying that since I was a kid and since before me. And you know why it never gets old? Because that doesn't get old. Amen. God is always good. I love singing that song. Uh, well, friends and family, um, Welcome uh, to the house of God. We want to welcome you into his house, uh, New Beginnings Church. My name is Michael Romero, your worship and arts pastor. It is my honor, my privilege to be with you today. Um, hey, Merry Christmas, right? Isn't this beautiful? We want to thank um, my, my lovely and beautiful bride, uh, Barbara Romero, and her team. She put a team of about 10, 15 people they were like little lemmings here yesterday, little worker ants all day. They were here for over 12 hours. So, you know, the good thing is they get paid all the big bucks to do that. So it's fine. Just kidding. They don't. So when you see them, hey, thank them. You know, uh, she loves chocolate chip cookies. She loves Twix and Kit Kats. And she likes Pepsis. Right, Pastor? That's her favorite stuff. That's right. So... Um, her and the team, thank them, you know, uh, when you get to see them, um, if you know who they were. But thank you, team, so much. Um, and from what I understand, they're not even done yet. I've got a carload full of stuff. I was like, what is this? She's like, Christmas stuff. I'm like, more Christmas stuff. You know, more Christmas stuff. But, hey, we love to celebrate the birth of our Savior. Amen. Here, my wife loves it, and so do we at New Beginnings. And speaking of that, let me introduce or talk to you, rather, about some of the upcoming Christmas events that we have. Um, we talked to them just kind of in brief uh, last week and on Wednesday night. But guess what, guys? I, I, I don't want you to miss out on these events. They're behind me on the screen or in front of you at home. Take note of that. Um, we're going to have little postcards for you to be able to take home with you. Unfortunately, our printer uh, was down the last week, so we weren't able to get them in time for today. But we hope to have them for you um, beginning Wednesday. So you guys can start handing them out. And start inviting your friends and family to our, our Christmas-centered uh, and focused events that are behind me. The ones that I really want to talk to you about, my family, are the Christmas Social. 
which is going to be on the 15th. An amazing time on the 15th. Um, jazz band, right? I mean, this year it's not just a five-piece, a, a quintet. This year is going to be a 30-tat because it's the... You guys didn't get that joke. I'm giving you guys good stuff here. <laughs> it's the Volcano Vista Jazz Band, guys. And so it's a 30-piece jazz band. I mean, we're like we're listening to Frank Sinatra's band. I mean, they're, they're really, really good. Award-winning jazz band in the high school groups. And they're just amazing. We're going to be supporting that. Uh, and the education, music education program there. Um, and then the 17th, just two nights later, is the New Beginnings Church Christmas program, in which we focus really on, uh, this year we're focusing not the, not the story of Christmas. I mean, we all kind of know the story of Christmas, right? Mary and Joseph, and then we have Zechariah and Elizabeth, and the three wise men, and sheep number three. Still, man, it's good stuff. Um but guys, this year we're really focusing on what we call outside voices. And it's stories of biblical figures that are going to be telling you about why they're thankful. Not the story of Christmas, but uh, why Christmas. Why Christmas was so important. And to you and I, right? We all can share a beautiful story of hope, freedom, grace, love, and peace. Of why you and I are so thankful. So I want to invite you to the 17th the Christmas program of course, we're going to feature our, our NB kids and all the little kids are going to be up here singing some beautiful songs. And our pastors, of course, is going to be giving a, a beautiful sermon and message of hope. The church invites somebody to that on the 17th. And I also do want to let you know that on the 24th, December the 24th, people have been asking, are we still going to have service? Yeah, we're going to have service on the 24th, Christmas Eve, because it lands on a Sunday both services are 9 and 11, so just like normal times, except focus on, of course, the birth of our risen Savior. Amen? That's going to be some of those Christmas events that you and I, hey, guess what? Got today, Baptism Sunday. All right, can we celebrate that? Amen. And I hope that the Lord has been stirring something inside of you if you've never made that step because singing that last song, right, the goodness of God says, all my life you've been faithful. And if you have not made that next step into going public with your faith, and I know you might have already received Christ, and if you've not made that next step of faith of going public with your faith by getting baptized, I invite you to do that. And right after I'm finished here, Pastor will dismiss you right into a room over here, room 105, where you're going to have just a small sit-down with Pastor Cindy, and we'll talk a little bit about baptism. Maybe you're just wondering... What is baptism? Should I take that next step? That'd be a great class to be in. A little instruction there with Pastor Cindy. She'll be in there with you guys. Amen? And church, all of those events and so many others that you can register for, for uh, say baptism maybe next month or maybe child dedication, you'll find those on our app. And that QR code is behind me. You can scan the QR code. If you want to connect with the front office at any time at all, you can Feel free to do it that way. And while you're there, that bottom right-hand corner, what you and I do with our faithful obedience in the tithe is that you and I, in not just impacting what we do here, right, but around the world. What you guys, what you and I do, rather, with human trafficking, what we do uh, in Europe with human trafficking. We're supporting a cause for human trafficking in the Middle East. We're trying to bring beasts and bring the word into the Middle East and these 
unspoken areas of the world trying to create a middle class in Juarez, Mexico, or just in Mexico in general. Guys, we're doing that. If you didn't know, that's what you and I do with our faithful obedience in the tithe. Amen? And so if you say, hey, I want to be a part of that, beautiful. That bottom right-hand corner in our app is the giving app. And you say, I want to be a part of that. I want to give to that cause. You can definitely do it that way. Or you can give on the ways of the screen behind me or always drop off an envelope into one of our tithing boxes at the entryways into this sanctuary. Thank you so much, church, because with that tithe, you and I not just impact the lost and dying world through the love of Jesus Christ around the globe, but also around the block. Right here in our very own city, you and I support ministries and outreaches that impact lives daily. One of those ministries is under his construction. Pastor Chris and Pastor Sonia, will you come up? And they have a special presentation that they would like to introduce you. Pastor Chris. Well, thank you, um, congregation. Uh, you know, we couldn't do this without you. And, um, you know, we've all experienced firsthand the devastation of what this world and drugs will do, right? And fatherless brings into a child's life. Our prisons are full of men and women who lived recklessly after being abandoned by their fathers, wounded by those that should have loved them most. Many now follow that same pattern of irresponsibly as their fathers did. While so many mothers have the sacrifice to help their children survive, they were never intended to carry the weight alone. We thank God for them, but research is proving that a child desperately needs a daddy. That's why under his construction comes in. We're a body of people, but it's not just under his construction. And Sonia and I, it's this body. You guys have all poured into so many lives through so many years that it just blesses me to be here today. You know, in Joshua 3, it says... Early the next morning, all the Israelites left Acacia Grove and arrived at the banks of the river Jordan River. They were camped before crossing. Three days later, the Israelite officers went up through the camp, giving these instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priests, and I believe all of you have been called, we're all a holy priesthood, aren't we? And so as you walk... We walk with you, and our people walk with you. As you see them who are carrying the covenant of the ark, the Lord God, move out of their positions, follow them. And so as, you, as you're walking, as we're walking, we ask and bring along a crowd of people of under his construction and teach them a new way of life. And so as we do that with the classes from New Beginnings and the classes that we have and all those that are reaching out and into their lives, lives are changed, guys. And um, we owe it all to God, but we couldn't do it without you. So thank you so much. And today, today we, get, we get the honor 
to celebrate with you the graduation of three that have completed the one-year discipleship program. And so, Willie Green. Tabitha Trahan. And Cody Mendez. These guys have 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 gone through it it this isn't an easy program to get through. Just like all of us, we know that when you make the decision to become a Christian, it's not easy, is it? And so to to be in a program and have to listen to me every day, it's not easy, I can tell you. And so but we thank you so much that we get to celebrate. Pastor, would you come up? Pastor Cindy, would you come up with them? And if you'd just join us and reach out your hands, congregation, as we pray. Pastor Chris and Sonia, thank you for the tremendous work you continue to do. Men, young lady, we are so proud of you guys. Father, thank you for this day of celebration, a day of completing a program, yet continuing to walk in the light of Jesus Christ. Father God, these men and young lady have spent over a year of their life learning the Word of God, studying the Word of God, applying the Word of God, living principles and precepts from the Word of God to just uh, change their way of thinking and living. Father, you know the hardships that they've gone through. You know the bad decisions they've made. And now they've made really good decisions. A good decision to give up a year of their life to gain their life back. Father God, I pray that, Lord, that you break every generational curse that is upon them in the name of Jesus. That, Lord, you would bless them abundantly. And, Father God, they would really feel your presence upon them. And that, Lord God, when they are tempted by uh, old friends and just even new friends to take a path that is destructive for them and even for their friend, I pray that, Father God, that their light would shine and their testimony would be that they stay away from anything that would destroy their life and harm them. I pray that, Father God, that you prosper their life, that, Lord God, they would just reach new horizons with their new beginning, and that, Lord, you continue to just increase their life as an influence to those around them. Father God, we bless them. We pray, Lord God, just a supernatural work of your Holy Spirit in their life, from here on out, and that, Lord God, they would always hold on to the truth that they've learned, and, Lord God, the principles that have been etched into their heart. And we pray this in the mighty, supernatural name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. So proud of you. So proud of you. So proud of you. you. We're so proud of you guys and just uh, cheering you all on. And just believing that great things are going to take place. Young people, uh, you be dismissed. Uh, the youth are still in here, but be dismissed to your class. And uh, you guys have a great time of learning the word to make it strong into your life. And those of you getting baptized, uh, follow Pastor Cindy right out this door here. 
Um, if you've been thinking about getting baptized and you didn't come prepared, we have robes and stuff that you could go and slip into, towels and all that. So uh, you could go ahead and, and, and follow Sister Cindy, and, uh, and she would be more than happy to guide you and help you out with that. So we're excited about what's taking place. We're excited about what's happening, and we're just believing God to do a, a really mighty work. Amen? Well, guys... Um, I've, I've joked around before, and, and it's really not a joking matter, but I've, I've tried to make light of it to, to soften some of the pain. But I, I talk about people that have the spoon ministry. A spoon ministry are those people that know how to stir the pot. Are you with me? They know how to go someplace. Like some of you just came out of Thanksgiving, and you're like, oh, God, help us, help us, and they just know how to get their spoon out and stir everything up. And then they go, ah, my job is done, and they leave. So today, I'm trying to help us learning how to keep the pot stirs from stirring your pot so that they don't get you all riled up. In the book of Luke, chapter 6, Jesus is preaching from the uh, what's called the Sermon on the Mount, and He says in chapter 6, verse 27 and 28, he says, But to you who are willing to listen, listen, I say, love your enemies. Ooh, now some of you quit listening. He said, never mind. (laughs) Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. And pray for those who hurt you. In Romans 12, 18, it says, Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that, Lord, you really help us get through this time to really understand your word even deeper. I pray in Christ's glorious name, amen. Look, there's a lot of pot stirs in our life and a lot of people that stir pots. And I'm going to just talk about six types right now. There's really a whole bunch. We could be here for weeks talking about different. These are probably the most common potsters. The first one is a demanding one, a demanding potster. They're the little dictators in your life. They're the ones that are bossy and pushy, controlling, insisting on their way. They intimidate people. They dominate conversations. They make sure things better go their way, and they make unrealistic demands of your time and every conversation is a power struggle. They're just constantly at it. Then you have the disapproving potsters. They're the nitpicky kind. You know those kind, the ones that are always picking, 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 picking. You don't have to point them out because they probably told you something today even. Really? You came dressed like that? I'll never forget one time somebody told me, oh, my gosh, pastor, that was a powerful sermon. It's just a shame you didn't have a tie on. It would have been much better. I go, oh, I didn't realize a tie was so powerful. You know, it's like, man, what's wrong with people? But but you're just never good enough for them. They're always just comparing. They're negative. They're judgmental. They're just always picky, picky, picky. Then you have the deafening pot stir. They're the ones that are real loud. They use like a megaphone for everything. They speak with a 120 decibels. They, they're, they're real loud, and when they call you, you could never get them off the phone, and, 
and they just keep going after you till you surrender and give up. And, and, and they're absolutely uh, just, they love to argue. They just love to argue. And then you have the destructive pot stirs. They're the volcanoes, those people that you never know when they're going to go off, when they're going to erupt. Uh, they're always just quick to blow up and explode. And then their lava doesn't just come out and burn you, but people around them. There's a lot of casualties. Then you have the discontented pot stir. They're the ones that are always the crybabies. They always are getting their feelings hurt. Um, Pastor's probably talking about me right now. I wonder if he's even going to call my name out. Yeah, that's you. You know who you are. And, 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 and you just have your daily pity party. We all happen to know those kind of people. They're chronic complainers. They're, they've got the martyr complex. Oh, all this goes on, but I have to suffer for the cause. And without me, it's not going to get done. And, 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 and you know what I'm talking about. And then you have the demeaning ones, the ones that are always putting you down, the, the ones that, that they have that smart alecky mouth, that they, they just have take jabs at you. They're the, the ones that are the dream, the dream busters. They go around with a, with a gun shooting you out of the sky. You're soaring and you're, you got all these ideas and you're all amped up and and you're, you're up in your hot air balloon, and they're bringing you down. And, and they're rude, they're insulting, they're disrespectful, they're petty, and, and, and they, they're just those demeaning pot stirs. And there's a whole lot of other kind, but I'm just going to focus on those. But how do you deal with them? How do you deal with difficult people? How do you deal with people that know how to just... They enjoy stirring you up. They enjoy it. They know how to get there and just get everyone all riled up and stirred up, and then they zip their spoon and they leave. And everyone's all having heart attacks and stressed out. And, man, you know who they are, and, and, and some of you are all proud of it. That's right. I know how to get it going. I know how to eat. It's like, man, that's not a good trait. So... If, if you're dealing with people like that, let me tell you, give you some steps how to, how to win, how to not allow them to get you down and get under your skin. And the first thing is choose not to be offended. Choose not to be offended. Don't take it personally. When people are rude, it reveals who they are, not who you are. It, it talks a whole lot about them. The reality is, is that there are a lot of things that offend us in life. There, there is injustice and poverty and racism and, and the sexual exploitation and all kinds of crazy stuff happening. And, and emotionally and spiritually mature people know how to process it and know how to, to not allow themselves to be mistreated and and, and, and they understand that when you're a leader, you're going to be misunderstood. People don't always understand leadership. They don't always understand management. They don't always understand the boss. They, don't under, they, they just don't get it all the time. But one real key, key thing to, 
that dealing with potsters is you've got to learn to have thick skin and a tender heart. But people, we get it backwards. We have tender skin. Everything hurts us right away. We're all offended right away. Oh, I can't believe they said that. Oh, they said this about me. Oh, my God. Oh. And, and, and then we have hardened hearts. And we get all bitter and heart hurt. And so, so how do you keep it from getting personal? How do you, how do you keep these pot stirs from personally offending you? Number one, you, look, when I said don't take it personally, consider the source. Consider the source and ignore it. That's a mark of maturity. Look, we just came out of Thanksgiving, and now we're going to be going into the Christmas season. Some of you already know, it's like, oh, man, is Uncle Polly coming? Is that Susie coming? Is that, you know, and on and on, okay? So if you're a Polly or a Susie, I'm not picking on you. I just threw out a name, okay? So I'll just say Richard and Cindy, okay? And, and so it's like, oh. Oh, he always does this. She always does this. If they always do that or always do that, then if they do it, don't get all shocked. You already expect it. Instead, just count how many times they insult people. That'll be your, 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 your job for the day. And say, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. They only insulted us 25 times today. Last Thanksgiving, it was 38. They got better. Look at that. Wow. But really, don't let it get all crazy. Just consider the source and ignore it. In Proverbs 12, 16, it says, A fool is quick-tempered, but a wise person stays calm when insulted. So don't get all crazy. Then another thing is consider why the person is so difficult. Look, the more you get to know this person and their background, and the more you get to understand this pot stir then the easier it is to extend grace. You get to go, wow, man, man, they didn't even grow up with parents, or they had amazing parents and they chose not to listen to them. Or man, you remember what happened. God, they went through all that tragedy and all that hardship, and they've never been the same ever since. And So you're able to understand them a little bit. You're able to process it. Try to understand where they're coming from. Proverbs 19.11 says, sensible people control their temper. They earn respect by overlooking wrongs. So you need to overlook the wrong. It's not okay for them to do it, but don't carry it on forever. And then refuse to be offended because it's a mark of maturity. So refusing to be offended is a mark of true love. Like, I love you, you know, I know you got issues, and I'm not going to get all shook up about it. I know what you've been through, and uh, you know what? Just get over it. Just leave it alone. It's not even worth bearing it. In Proverbs 10, 12, it says, Hatred stirs up quarrels, but love makes up for all offenses. So just share God's love because the more you're filled with God's love, the less upset you're going to get with others. You're not going to get all shook up because you got love and you got love and God's going to say, 
Chillax, man, chillax. Chill out and relax. I got you. Vengeance is mine. I'll take care of them. You just love on them and don't take it personally. Just ignore it. Consider the source. Just, you know why that person is difficult. Just refuse to get offended. Show them God's love, my love. And, you, and you'll, it'll be a lot better. But these steps are harder and harder. Because the second one is, don't wait for an apology to forgive them. They will probably never apologize. You know why? They think it's their job to stir pots. God has called me into your life to keep you humble. So I stir things up to see if you're really a Christian. It's like, oh my gosh, you've got to know you're, I'm still a Christian. I haven't killed you yet. You know, but, but you see what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, man, but if you're waiting, well, I'm waiting for them to say I'm sorry. They don't even know what they did wrong. They, they've already forgot about it. And here you're still all shook up. And they're, they're like over it. So don't get all hurt and hold on to it forever. Resentment is, is, is hurting you, not them. Resentment is you drinking the poison and expecting them to die. Let it go. Release it. You're thinking, but you don't know what they did. No, I don't, but God does. And God's got you. If your reputation can't support you and defend you, then shape up and get a good reputation. Because they're not going to believe anything anyway. Every sin that we commit, that another person commits, it's irrational behavior. It's illogical behavior. It's, man, it's self-inflicted pain that they cause. And, and we all act foolishly without realizing it sometimes, don't we? Haven't you ever stuck your foot in your mouth? Haven't you ever done something really dumb? And if you haven't, ask your neighbor and they might tell you. No, don't, don't ask them now. We don't want any fights. But, but are you with me? Really? It's like, well, I never do that. And people next to you are going, you just said it this morning on the way here. Your spoon is still wet from stirring the pot. You, you, you see, in Luke chapter 23, verse 34, Jesus was dying on the cross, and he says, Father, forgive them, for they don't even know what they're doing. As the soldiers gambled, for his clothes by throwing dice. Not everyone who bugs us and hurts us even realizes it. They don't even have a clue. They're often responding to their own hidden pain. It's hard. It's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's definitely possible. So you got to get beyond it. When I have a hard time forgiving someone that's been stirring my pot, I always say, you know what, Lord, forgive me, because how many times have I given you a hard time? And yet you forgive me immediately. We need to forgive quickly, as quickly as offended, that quickly would you forgive. This is a scripture I really seriously read in my life without fail once a week, but sometimes throughout the week. 
And it's Colossians chapter 3, verse 13. And the reason I read it, it says, make allowance for each other's fault. And, and, and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. When it says make allowance for each other's fault, that make allowance in the Greek is anichu, and anichu literally means to bear with each other, endure, tolerate, cut them some slack. So God's saying, bear with each, each other's fault. Cut them some slack for their fault. Tolerate their fault. And forgive them. It's because God tells us to forgive, and he's forgiven us. We need to forgive others. And that, that, that can be hard in the Sermon on the Mountain. Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, he said right there, God blesses those who are merciful. And then he says, for they will be shown mercy. So it's important that we release them and don't wait till they say they're sorry to forgive them. Forgive right away. A third thing to do if someone keeps stirring your pot is refuse to gossip about the pot stirrer. Refuse to gossip about them. Look, let's be honest. Let's admit it. That's kind of hard to do because when someone's been stirring your pot, what do we want to say? Hey, do you know what she's been doing? Oh, my gosh. Hijo, that Pastor Richard drives me nuts. You know what he's been doing? Oh, you know what that, you know what? Ooh, and you, you want to tell somebody and you want to release it. But sometimes we want to tell them just to get vengeance. We just want to get even. We want to make them look bad. We want to make them suffer. God, get them. I want to make sure everyone knows how wicked they are. <laughs> Boy, who's a wicked one there? Them or you? We, 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 we turn into somebody. Proverbs 17 verse 9 says, love prospers when a fault is forgiven. It says, but dwelling on it separates close friends. See, gossip is sharing information with somebody that doesn't, wasn't even involved. Gossip is a form of retaliation that, that's really out of bounds. Don't do it. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do, and he will grant you his blessing. So he's saying, don't get ugly. God says, I got your back. Vengeance is mine. Our problem is we want God to discipline them in front of us. Like if someone wants me to discipline someone, and they go, aren't you going to talk to them, Pastor? Yes. Well, can I be there in the front row with my popcorn and watch? So I can see you spank them or put them in the corner? I want to see you strip off their stripes and just rip them off their shoulder. I want to see you get them. And then when I don't give people that pleasure, they get all mad. 
Oh, Pastor, I didn't even talk to them. Yeah, I did. I just didn't do it in front of you, or I didn't do it the way you wanted me to. Uh, am I connecting? See, that's how people are. Somebody gave me one time this book of 3,000 put-downs, and it was really hilarious. It was funny. And I can't use that. I'm a pastor, man. Like, man, what's wrong? Let's not put, put them down. Let's just raise them to a new level of living. Fourth thing to do if someone's stirring your pot, refuse to play their game. Don't get in their game. Leave it alone already. Let them make a fool of themselves. Refuse to argue or debate with a pot stirrer. They didn't come to their conclusion overnight. They didn't come to conclusion by a reason that's sensible. They, they came to that crazy notion by other crazy voices. Jesus didn't engage in those little arguments and those little fights. The Pharisees were constantly doing that to him. In Matthew chapter 22, verse 18 and 19, it says, Jesus knew their evil motives. So he called them out. He said, you hypocrites, he said. Why are you trying to trap me? Because they had said, so do we pay our taxes? What do you want us to do? Be loyal to God or be loyal to Caesar? He goes, why are you, I I know what you're doing. Why are you trying to trap me? Here, show me a coin used for the tax. So they handed him a coin, a Roman coin. He goes, give unto Caesar what Caesar's, and give to the Lord what's the Lord's. He's like, why are we going to play these little games? He did that when he was standing before Pilate. Pilate was asking him all these dumb little questions, and he goes, you say that. I'm not even going to get involved in this. This is ridiculous. You see, Prejudice is really our own logic. We don't like people because of how we were taught, how we were raised, of an experience we've gone through. People believe what they want to believe, and they want to believe what they want to believe about you, of what they've heard about you or what they've seen about you. Well, save your breath. Don't worry about it. Because no matter what, you can never convince them of anything. You can say, look, I didn't put my hand in the cookie jar. Why is it there? Well, somebody put it there. Like, yeah, right, look, you got your caught. You got caught red-handed. But, but they, they'll never believe it, even if you prove. How many times have you proven to somebody that you were innocent, and they still, oh, well, that's your witness. You probably told them what to say. They, they'll never believe it. The best thing to do is just, I mean, don't tell them this. Just say, ah, shut up, in your head. Just say it in your head. Don't say it out loud. The Apostle Paul refused to play games with pot stirs. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, he says, we reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. We tell the truth before God. And all who are honest know this. That's why Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. He's saying, just hold it straight out. 
Potsters are going to argue with you. They love to get attention. Don't get hooked into that nonsense. Just stay away. It takes two people to argue. And if you don't join in, guess what? The fire goes out. Look what it says in Proverbs 26, 31, or 21. A quarrelsome person starts fires, fights, as easily as hot embers light charcoal or fire lights wood. So quarrelsome people start fights. They just love it. They just love to stir things up. Look, take some advice. Especially you that are supervisors, manager, an owner, shop owner, whatever. Disharmony really destroys productivity. Fire those quarrelsome employees or shut them up quickly because that's contagious. Quarrelsome attitudes will get contagious and the rest of the team doesn't deserve that nonsense going on. They don't deserve, they deserve a peaceful environment. You owe it to them. So stop it. When someone's stirring the pot at work or stirring the pot on your team or stirring the pot in your organization or stirring the pot in your group, stop it right away. Call them on it. The Bible says in Proverbs 22, verse 10, throw out the mocker and fighting goes away. Quarrels and insults will disappear. Why? Because you got rid of the problem. Some people are never, ever going to be happy. They're not fighting because they want to really resolve something. They're fighting because they just love the fight. You know those people, don't you? And some of you are those people. Repent. In Titus chapter 3, verse 10, it says, If people are causing division among you, give them a first and the second warning. After that, have nothing to do with them. So God is saying, you know what? That doesn't mean right away you get, but it's saying, you know what? You have troublemakers, potsters. You, you need to confront them. Say, hey, man, you need to chill out. Look, if you have a problem, let's talk about it. But if it's not a problem, you, you need to stop it. You give them two warnings after that. That's why you've seen people like that. The blessing, that's not a blessing. They're saying, hey, you in the front, get out. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> but all kidding aside, we, we got to confront stuff. We got to confront stuff. A fifth thing, if you really want healing in your family and in your mind, refuse to cave into them. Refuse to cave into them. Love is not allowing someone to manipulate you. Manipulation is from the devil. And don't say, oh, well, I'll just I'll keep the peace. No. You're empowering them. And don't be this passively accepting it, like, oh, well, I don't want to create problems. And I, I just I ignore it. No, don't give in to pot stirs. Don't let them run all over you. You're not a doormat. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you allow them to get their way. 
says, look, I, I forgive you, but I'm going to deal with this problem, but I'm not going to deal with it the way you want me to. I'm going to deal with it the way God says to. And you deal with it scripturally. Sometimes you might be asked to violate your own conscience at work. Hey, just tell him this. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You're like, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Or sometimes you're asked for a work schedule, and, and it's not going to even allow you to ever worship God, either on Wednesday or Sunday, and you're like, man, no, no, you know what? I, I really need to speak up. I need to let you know. And sometimes you hear a real, real hurtful word about a Christian. Stand up. Say, whoa, 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 time out, time out. You're talking about my friend. Like sometimes I've gone, one time I was getting my hair cut, and I go there, and, and some of them know I'm a pastor, and, and, and it was real full that one day. This one guy started taking real cheap shots at pastors. And I go, and he was, he was a barber there. I go, yeah, well, all you barbers are nothing but a bunch of crooks and drug addicts. And man, you should have heard the whole shop went, orale. And I go, see, that's not true. Yet you're making a blanket statement about every pastor. You're making a blanket statement about every Christian that's not true. You didn't like it when I said a stupid statement. And they went, oh, man, that was good. They say that was good, Pastor. That's all right, man. Maybe I ought to go to your church. But, but see, we don't speak up. We, we won't say anything. I don't want to get in a fight, but, but I want to be able to correct some things. In Romans chapter 14, verse 16, it says, then you will not be criticized for doing something you believe is good. See, a lot of Christians are just afraid to speak up. They let people get away with murder. You see stuff at work, I'm not a rata, I don't rat people out. It's not about ratting people out. It's about what's right is right and wrong is wrong. They might end up firing you because you didn't say anything, and they'll say you were an accomplice. I wasn't any part of it. Well, you didn't speak up and say anything, so you were, must have agreed with it. You see, Christians aren't supposed to be a bunch of weaklings. It says be meek, but not weak. Meekness is power under control. It's like the bit on a horse. Now you have all that power from that horse under control and can lead it, guide it, and use it wisely. Paul reproved the Corinthians about their wimpy little responses to bullies. He says, don't let them intimidate you. Don't let them walk all over you. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 20. He says, you must, he goes, you put up with it when someone enslaves you. Take, takes everything you have, takes advantage of you, takes control of everything and slaps you in the face. He goes, quit that. God doesn't expect you to be a pot stirrer's doormat. So don't allow that. 
You know, the entire book of Galatians is written about how not to be pressured and manipulated and approved by other people's expectations. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, Paul says, So Christ was true, uh, has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. He goes, don't get wrapped up in someone manipulating you and, and, and controlling you with their mind-messing just ways by stirring things up. They confuse you and they mess with your mind. You've got to remember, God doesn't even make everyone happy. I mean, look, think about it. Some people were praying, oh, God, let it snow. And, and yesterday at my house, anyway, we woke up and it had some snow on the grass and the, on the cars. So does that mean God loves some people, not others? Others are praying, no, God, don't let it snow, don't let it snow. And it snowed. Oh, man, he, uh, he answered their prayer, not mine. And then it melted right away. Yeah, he answered my prayer, not theirs. It's like... I, I prayed, God, let my Dallas Cowboys do really good against the commanders. And they did awesome. So he answered my prayer, and the commanders are all mad at God. Thanks a lot, God, you didn't help us out. You, you see what I mean? In other words, people get ridiculous. It's like God can't even please everybody because we could all be a bunch of crybabies at times. And God is saying, listen. There are religious people who are going to manipulate you with tradition. Like, you want to see how many people are going to write me or come face to face. I can't believe you have Christmas trees in the sanctuary, even in the whole church. What's wrong with you? You even celebrate Christmas. Jesus wasn't even born around Christmas. Why are you doing this? And I'm like, would you please chill out? Calm down. I'm not worshiping a tree. I'm not going, oh, tree of life. Oh, look at the gifts. Oh, now I'll tell you, is that, that's like awesome. He was born to die. He came to set us free. Some people, oh, but now you have an image. Oh, my gosh, shut up and grow up. All that does is points me to Jesus. I don't worship that cross and worship the manger. And my goodness gracious, all I know is, Barbara, you and your team did an awesome job of decorating the church. Awesome. Look, look what it says in Matthew 15, verse 12, 13, and 14. Then the disciples came to him and asked, Jesus, do you realize you offended the Pharisees by what you just said? Jesus didn't go, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. Jesus said, every plant not planted by my heavenly Father will be uprooted. So ignore them. In other words, not everyone that's in a Christian church is a Christian. Just like not everyone that lives in a garage is a car. You see what I mean? Like, 
chill out. He goes, every tree that's not planted by my heavenly father is going to be uprooted, so ignore them. They are blind guides leading the blind. And if one blind person guides another, they'll both fall in a ditch. He's like, here I'm the Messiah, and they haven't even seen it. And they've been studying it all their life. Like, how messed up is that? How bad of a teacher are you? If you've been studying that all your life, the Messiah shows up and you miss him. And really the last thing, that if you have been messed with by a pot stirrer, somebody messing with you, messing with you, always take the higher ground. Take the high road. You can't control what others think of you or say about you or do, but you have 100% control of how you respond. So don't get stupid. Don't get crazy. Calm down. Romans chapter 12, verse 14 says, Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray. Pray for them. But see, we pray like this, God, be with my enemies. Get them and make them suffer. Get them, God. Take them down. No, he says, pray that God will bless them. What? And if you go down a few more verses to verse 17, he says, never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone will see that you are honorable. Do all that you can to live at peace with everyone. Jump down to verse 21. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. You see, real love is going to be loving difficult people. Man, have people ever told you, how do you do it, man? How do you put up with those idiots? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, pastor, don't you want to just kill them? I go, yeah, I just say, God, I have some unhealthy thoughts right now. But God, I got to give them over to you. Well, that pot stirrer is your problem, not mine. Because I'm casting all my cares upon you. In Proverbs chapter 16, verse 7, says, when people's lives please the Lord, even their enemies are at peace with them. So I don't know what you've been going through with life. I don't know if you've been just bittered, embittered with life and you've never accepted the Lord, so that's why you stay there. And today, God is inviting you to be free. If you've never given your life to Jesus and you want to do that, raise your hand and say, you know what, Pastor? I've never done that, and I really want to go at peace with God today. Anybody here today want to give their life to Jesus? Well, then I want to pray for each one of us. I don't know what you might be going through. I don't know what kind of pot stir you have in your life. I don't know who's been messing with you. And they don't even have to use a spoon anymore. They just push a button and you get all stirred up. They know where your buttons are and they love just going by and pushing them and getting you all riled up. But today, give it over to God and give them over to God. God, I surrender them over to you. They are driving me crazy, but Lord, I'm not going to get crazy anymore. They're, they're your problem, not mine. 
But God, would you deal with that pot stir? Would you deal with him? Would you deal with her? And give me peace. So, Father, you, you really know the pot stirs in our life. And I'm asking, Heavenly Father, that when they're straight up mean and want to hurt us, that, Lord, you give us the wisdom to not let them use us, control us, and hurt us. That, Lord, we learn how to respond to them the way Jesus did, the way you did, Lord, that we would be spiritually and emotionally mature, not let them pull us into their way of doing it. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now, Lord, that people that have offended us and hurt us would, Lord, be forgiven by you and by us, that we could forgive them right now. Just forgive them. We'd let them go. God, you forgave us. You didn't make us go through all kinds of gyrations. You just forgave us. Help us not to retaliate with gossip. Help us not to get ugly and mean like they have. And Lord, help us through your Holy Spirit to allow us to know what to do right and stay away from doing the wrong. So God, I pray you help us and minister to us. I pray this in Christ's name, amen. Stand with me. If, if anyone needs prayer or anything, maybe you've really been going through it with somebody. They've been messing with you and you want prayer. Make your way up. We won't take a long time, but I just want to make sure that you're prayed with and prayed over. Yes, Lord. Oh, what a powerful song. Prayer team, make your way up and pray with these people and encourage them. <laughs> yes, you have, Lord. All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God Oh, sing it out, sing it out and I thank Him. Yes, we do, Lord. We love you. You have led me through the fire And in darkest night You were close like no other I've known you as a father I've known you as a friend And I have lived in the goodness of God Everyone sing it out like a big choir all my life. All my life you have been faithful. Oh, yes, you have, Lord. All my life you have. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able. Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. Sing it out one more time. Sing it out. All my life. All my life you have been Thank you, Lord. All my life you have been so, so good. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, you are, Lord. Praise your holy name, Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness and your mercy. Father, we ask your blessing over us the rest of this week. Now, Father God, we celebrate what's about to take place with baptisms. And we pray in Christ's name, amen. I hope you'll join us out there as we go celebrate the baptisms that are about to take place.